So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you so much for being here. The purpose of the podcast is to help you grow your business by helping you win more inquiries, maximize your profits, and break through limiting beliefs. Today, we're having a conversation around elopement photography and destination photography as well. I'll introduce the guest here in just a moment. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to encourage you to uh, to pull out your phone and to go to the URL benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Now, the reason you would do that, like why, why would I listen to him? Why would I type in some random URL? The reason you would do that is because I have a private mastermind group on the internet. There's over 17,000 photographers there. Actually, I think there's almost 17,000 photographers there. Uh, and, and in this space, occasionally I will post up behind the scenes recordings, early access to podcast episodes, just like the one that you're listening to right now. Uh, and not only do you get early access to that episode, but you also could choose if you'd like to, to watch it live over video format. Not only that, but it's the place of the internet that I hang out uh, every day of the week and I do free coaching in that group. And so if you'd like to join my mastermind group, if you'd like to get early access to future episodes of the podcast, or maybe just to like see my face, uh, <laughs> you can go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Really excited to see you guys there. Well, today, today we have Megan McPhail. Megan is an elopement and destination wedding photographer. She spent 2019, 2019 on the road in a 19-foot camper. I got to talk to her about that. She traveled all over. She now resides in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she travels the country photographing epic and emotion-filled outdoor weddings. Today, we're talking about uh, how you can uh, target dream destination weddings, elopement weddings with very specific marketing strategies. And, and I think a lot of what we're going to talk about today is going to revolve around uh, the SEO kind of side of things. And I imagine we're going to hit on a number of other areas. Megan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. So when I, I'm always doing the research behind uh, or b before the, the uh, episode first starts, you know, and I'm, I'm jotting down notes on where the guest is from and, uh, and Albuquerque. Uh, so 
a little bit about me. Uh, my very first concert that I ever attended was Weird Al Yankovic. And, uh, and I'm proud of that, <laughs> but he has a song called Albuquerque. And I was curious if you're aware of that. It's like an 11 minute long song. Anybody? So you're unfamiliar. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all right. I will quickly segue out of this conversation. <laughs> um, so, okay. 2019, you spent that entire year traveling the country in an RV. I'm surprised it didn't carry into 2020 being given the year that we had, but tell me a little bit about that process, the, the, the deciding factor that led you to say, yeah, let's just travel around in a camper for a year. Yeah. So, I mean, it had been a dream of mine for years. And then as I grew my business and I was, I mean, I was shooting elopements and weddings just all over the West. So it was just kind of like this natural thing where I was like, Hey, I'm booked all over. These are amazing locations. Like why not hit the road? So I literally like sold all of my stuff and put some things that were sentimental to me into storage. And I bought, it's still actually, I was working on it today because I'm hitting the road for a couple of weeks today, but it's like this 19 foot camper and I got solar panels installed and I totally remodeled it. And it's like a 20 year old camper, but everything works. And I basically towed that thing around Utah, Wyoming, uh, all over Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, California, and just like traveled all over. And it was a super cool experience, but I mean, yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) It was also a little stressful because I mean, if that thing breaks down when I'm on my way to a wedding or elopement, like Mm. I, that was very anxiety producing to me. So Mm -hmm. now I mainly use it to basically like, you know, go on vacation and not to go shoot weddings in. Um, But it was very, I mean, that helped really build my love for nature, elopements, connecting with people out in nature. Um, And it was a super, super cool experience. And I I basically decided to move to Albuquerque, like right before COVID hit, Um, which was actually nice because my camper, like I had to rely on campgrounds and rec centers to shower and stuff. And a lot of campgrounds and rec centers were closed for COVID. So I pretty much like got an apartment in Albuquerque at the perfect time. Yeah. I love that. So then it sounds like you were kind of using the elopements that you had booked and the destination weddings that you had booked as your map, as your guide for where you were traveling around in 2019. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. It's wherever people were getting married and eloping, that's where I was traveling to. So it had me bouncing around a lot. But um, but yeah, I mean, that was part of the fun, too, was that, you know, whenever somebody wanted to elope in Colorado, I brought my camper up there. You know, whenever somebody wanted to elope in Moab, I took my camper out there. So it was pretty cool. It's awesome. A lot of times I see the van life, the trailer life, the idea of like traveling from location to location, state to state, all over the country, doing these elopements and destinations. A lot of times uh, what I see is very romanticized. It always looks perfect. Everything is like, ah, like we, and all of us photographers are like, oh my goodness. Like, I wish I could just travel around in a camper and like photograph weddings all around the country. And maybe it is completely romantic like that, (laughs) by the way, maybe it is, but I'm curious. I, you know, I'd love to hear what are some of the, the parts about that, that aren't, maybe quite as talked about that are less romantic? Like what are some of the pain points that come with living life like this? Yeah. 
Well, for me, like showering was a big thing. Because <laughs> um, I did not have, I mean, I did have a shower in my camper, but I mainly lived off the grid. So I wasn't hooked up to water or anything. And I had a very small water tank. So I wasn't showering in there. I had to go to rec centers and campgrounds to shower. So just finding a place to shower was always a thing. Yeah. Uh, refilling the, you know, my uh, freshwater tanks with water when it was low, like you had to find water, you know, like you take that for granted. But I mean, I was always like, oh, that, that, you know, I would like drive past a gas station and be like, oh, I can dump my camper there and there's water there. You know, I got to remember that. I'm going to like put that in my little notebook that I can go there for water later, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then just trying to find Wi-Fi. Like I had a couple different Wi-Fi hotspots, but most of the campgrounds did not really have access. Like the, the, my hotspots didn't work. So I'd always have to drive into town and get all my work done there and you know either in my car outside a mcdonald's parking lot or at a coffee shop which adds up mm. you know so like there's definitely i mean sometimes be like oh this is such a cute coffee shop i love my life this is so great and other times i'm like i just want to friggin check my email you know <laughs> like take a shower and like everything is so hard today so there's definitely it's definitely romanticized a lot Um, but there's also some perks about it that I really miss, like just watching the sunset and someplace cool every night was, that's what I miss the most probably, but trying to find showers and water. And if my like fridge wasn't really working or my, if it was like cloudy for a few days, my solar panels weren't working, you know, like that was, that was, those are the harder days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. How on earth did you get into this whole thing? I think that's a question that a lot of photographers have when they look at someone who who's they've you know you've booked out a your whole year for elopements and destination elopements. You're traveling all over, um, and and you know sometimes it's hard enough for a lot of photographers just to book in an area that they actually have like a base that they're central in, you know, like sometimes it's a man, it's hard enough to find wedding clients here, let alone to try to find them all throughout the country. So I'm curious for you, what did it look like to transition? Maybe, maybe you transitioned into it. Maybe you didn't, maybe you've always done this. Could you tell me a little bit more about what the early days looked like for you? So that's actually a really good question because you don't, it's very hard to start out shooting all over the place. Like it's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And, um, to just like, be like I'm a destination wedding or elopement photographer and just shoot everywhere. You do have to build like your local market first and kind of get, you know, booked in your local market first. So I was lucky. I moved to Colorado in like 2014 or 2015. And that's when I really decided to pursue wedding photography. So I wasn't, I didn't even know elopements existed yet. So, um, so I was in Denver and I started booking, uh, just like mountain weddings and then Rocky mountain national park is like one of the most popular places for elopements second to Las Vegas. So I just kind of automatically just being in Colorado started getting, um, uh, inquiries for elopements in Rocky mountain national park. And I was like, wow, these are really cool. You know, like I really enjoyed them a lot. And, um, and that was my, basically my introduction into elopements. And then it kind of uh, grew from there as I realized, like, you can do these all over the place. So as I was really creating my, uh, you know, business and presence in Colorado, you know, as I was getting booked more and more there, 
then I started thinking about like, where else would I like to work? And then I started targeting specific places. So the next place that I decided I wanted to work at was Zion National Park. I had just been really drawn to it. I had actually never been there before. I had just seen photos of it. Uh, but I was like, I got to go here. I'm just drawn to this place. So I went there and um, got some photo, like did some photos there, some style shoots, and then uh, started basically, you know, booking things there as well. But I really, you know, I, I basically made conscious decisions as to which places I wanted to work at. And mm. so I built my, you know, business in Colorado, and then I kind of built my business in Zion. And then I started building my business in New Mexico. And now I've been building more of a presence in Moab uh, and Sedona too. And I'm also thinking about Hawaii. But anyway, I just keep like picking locations and basically like targeting them instead of just being like, oh, I'm I just go anywhere you want. Like, yeah, I kind of do. But I've also traveled to these very specific locations gotten the images I need there and then, um, you know, create like SEO landing pages and blog posts and all these things for those locations to basically get people interested in booking me there. So long story short, like if I don't have images of a place, you know, if I haven't been to a place before and shot an elopement there before, it's very rare that somebody actually books me for some random place I haven't been before. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So it's very intentional, the process. It, it, it looks, it, it, from the outside, it looks like a very organic thing. But what you're saying is traveling across the country, renting this, uh, not renting, you know, owning your trailer and, and driving all over, like the, that process was a very intentional plan. It was built up through intentional marketing yeah. uh, from the get go. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like, like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work. But Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online. Like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G U S T O forward slash photo. It all starts with the click of a shutter, an instant, a moment captured that can last a lifetime if you know where to save it. 
Smug Mug Source is the latest addition to your photography toolkit. Now, every photographer of every skill level can manage, store, and organize every photo, including RAWs, from any device to ensure no moment captured is ever lost. Smug Mug Source uses powerful search technologies and organization tools so you can spend less time managing photos and more time taking them. With Smug Mug's near 20 year experience in proudly protecting billions of photos, Source makes Smug Mug a truly end to end photography platform. Head over to smugmug.com forward slash source now to learn more and start your free trial. No credit card required. That's smugmug.com forward slash source. Smug Mug Source. Every photo, every format, everywhere. So, so let's talk a little bit about that then. You had already you just brought up um, some SEO, some blog post related things as it relates to like targeting these areas. And so, I'd love to maybe get. Uh, I'd love to start from maybe the very beginning, like, uh, and maybe we can role play this just a little bit. You had mentioned Hawaii that you were considering. Maybe Hawaii is one of the next spaces that I'd like to expand my, essentially, like my catalog to, my reach to. You know, like I want to put my stake in the ground that says, Hey, I also serve Hawaii. And so walk me through what are, what is what are the stages that you would take in order to, um, to really market to that area? So step one, you've already decided that you'd like to, to maybe be in Hawaii. What's next for you then? Yeah. So I think it's important to first kind of put yourselves in the shoes of a couple that wants to elope in Hawaii, Hmm. you know, because they are going, they're going to want to see your photos first of all, and they're going to want to know that you can help them kind of find the perfect location. They're flying in, you know, to Hawaii. They have this idea in their head, whether it's the beach or, you know, some tropical rainforest or a waterfall or something like that. So they want to make sure that they're hiring somebody who's like an expert in this area um, that can help them figure out the logistics and where where to elope, whether there's permits, you know, hook them up with local vendors, that kind of stuff. So if I'm going to like target a location, I have to think about that. And then I have to be able to like provide that service to them. So really what I need is I need photos there so I can show them like I've been here. This is what my photos and why I look like. But then I also need to like you know, explore, like probably choose one island, explore it, figure out all the cool places, um, you know, places to eat, places to stay, hikes, you know, really show that I I know this island very well. um, So that when they find me and they inquire with me, I can show them the photos from that location right off the bat. I can be like, Hey, I know, you know, like this elopement I shot on the beach, but then I also know some spots where we can like hike to a mountaintop or explore some waterfalls, or there's this red sand beach that's really cool and secluded, or, um, you know, there's this restaurant that would be so great for after your elopement. And there's like this really cool beach resort that you can stay at, you know, because that's really what, if somebody's eloping in Hawaii, that's the kind of information that they want from their photographer. So I would basically want to, um, obtain all that information. So get the images, but then also be able to like help them with all of this information. Um, So so you're putting yourselves in the shoes of, of a potential client that would be looking to elope there. You're considering their problems, their pain points, and then you're doing the research to figure out what all is going to, what, what all would that entail? How could you serve that particular client? Now, uh, 
what are you doing? You said you, you need images. So are mm-hmm. you going to, uh, are you just going to take a trip there on your own time? Um, what would that look like to go travel to a place that you're looking to pick up imagery from? And, and how do you then go about creating imagery? Maybe it's this question of, I feel like I've, I've spoken to a number of photographers that maybe they'd say this, Ben, I'd love to photograph in Hawaii and I'd love to go out there, but I don't have, I don't have a wedding to, I don't have an elopement to show, you know, yeah, I could just take pictures of like some landscapes and I could take pictures of some venue fronts, but I'd love to actually have clients that I could show I've, I've done the work there. How would you go about uh, getting that imagery? Yeah. So um, I was lucky enough to have a couple book me uh, in Hawaii and I did shoot their elopement back in March. So I was able to get those images, which is cool. But if I had not gotten those images, then I would definitely plan a personal trip and I would either, you know, try to hook up with a local photographer and maybe trade, you know, like bring my boyfriend and their husband, you know, we can like trade shoots um, or, you know, reach out on Facebook groups and see if there's any, there's always locals, you know, that you could potentially photograph. Maybe I go on vacation. There are some friends and they model for me. Um, I could put out a model call on Instagram basically. And I, I have a lot of followers. So when I do model calls, like normally I can find some people, um, but you can still do it. Like you never know who's going to be out in these places that you want to photograph. Yeah. You can also join like local Facebook groups, you know, like just like a local Hawaii Facebook group and, and do a model call in there. Um, so the big thing is really like find a couple and not, you know, not like a style shoot, like that has models. I really like to, to photograph just regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I have some like cheap white dresses, you know, just like put, put, um, when you have your friends in a white dress, you know, and, and yeah, why so chill? You could probably just wear slacks and like a button up shirt for the guy or, you know, or same sex couples, you know, you can shoot whoever you want. But, um, but I think it's important if you want to target a location to get those photos and also like try to photograph it. Like don't look at anyone else's photos there, you know, cause then you kind of imitate what you've seen, like try to approach it in a way that like only you see it, you know, like maybe like a unique perspective. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've been booked for an elopement just because somebody found my photo of a location that's completely different than other people's photos that they see on like Pinterest and Google and Instagram. And they want that photo. So they end up booking me just because Mm. of that one photo. They'll plan like their whole elopement around it. Um, So if you're like taking photos that look the same as other people's, that may not that may not help you, you know, like you really want to try to approach it and from a unique perspective, from your own perspective and photograph it in a way where people see your photos and they're like, Oh man, this is the only person I've seen that has, that has photographed this thing that I want, you know? Yeah. That's helpful. That makes sense. Now, when you say a model call, I, uh, I'd love to just get your definition of what that looks like, because I feel like within the photography community, the term model call Mm -hmm. means all kinds of different things. Um, and so I I guess I just want to be pretty specific about it. When you say that you would maybe post up on Instagram, a model call, what does that look like for you? Like, what are you referencing there to make sure that the listeners are referencing the same thing? Yeah, that's a good question. So normally, you know, if I want to photograph somewhere and I do a model call, I basically will say, Hey, I'm going to be in this location from this date to this date. 
you know, maybe a specific date at sunset. I want to, I want to photograph a couple like in love in wedding attire, you know, at sunset at this location. Or sometimes if I want to tell a story, then it'll be like a few hour thing. And we're going to, I'll let them know like, Hey, we're, I'm going to have you get your hair and makeup done. And then we're going to, you know, adventure around as a short hike. We're going to go to this place and then maybe pop some champagne or, you know, dance around or whatever. But I try to explain what they can expect. And then I also offer, you know, a gallery, like they get all the photos. And if they want it's like to show up in like regular clothes and get a few photos of just themselves instead of wedding attire, you know, uh, for that too. And sometimes I even pay them because this is work, you know, like modeling is work for a photographer um, or modeling for a photographer is work. So sometimes sure. I'll, you know, give them a gift card someplace or whatever. I try to like incentivize it a little bit. Um, but yeah, basically I just say, Hey, I have these, this date open. I'm looking for a couple that will model for me in wedding attire. Um, and that's, pretty much it. And I'll post that on Instagram or in Facebook groups, mostly if I'm, if I'm looking to portfolio build. Totally makes sense. Okay, great. So thank, thanks for clarifying that. I appreciate it. So, so you've produced some imagery, you've done some research for the area. What comes next? Uh, great question. So um, that be several different things. So for one, I would write some blog posts about it. And I'd also create like a landing page on my website. So something like hazelandlace.com slash Hawaii elopement photographer or Hawaii wedding photographer, or Maui elopement photographer, some kind of landing page. Um, and then I would have a bunch of like resources on that landing page, almost like a guide to eloping in Hawaii. You know, maybe I would you know, specify Maui if it's really the only, you know, I've only been in Maui so far. So um, I would basically like put in like, these are the best locations that you can consider eloping in, uh, whether you want waterfalls or beach or rainforest or hiking, you know, there's, or like lava rocks and crazy cliff edges, like there's everything. So I'd include information about that. I'd potentially link to some of my favorite vendors out there, some of my favorite hikes, some cool Airbnbs or resorts that they can stay in. So just mm. kind of basically start addressing their pain points on there. Um, and you can also, you can create multiple resources too, or multiple blog posts. And again, it's like, you want to get into the mind of a couple and think of what are they Googling? Are they even Googling elopements? Like maybe they're Googling like how to get married on Maui, you know? And so I could just write a blog post, how to get married on Maui you know, and basically answer those questions for them while also directing them and introducing them to my photography. So um, that would be the first thing is basically creating resources and, you know, combining a bunch of blog posts that are informational that would be things that they're Googling. And then also a landing page. Because I can't like, my homepage, hazelandlace.com, like, I can't really target anything on there because I shoot in so many destinations. So I have landing pages for all my destinations that I shoot in. Um, But yeah, so I'd do that. And then I'd start posting on Instagram and using Hawaii specific hashtags. I'd be pinning my blogs onto Pinterest. I'd be submitting my blogs or submitting my styled shoots or real elopements to um, publications to be published. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd basically be doing all those things like showing up on social media basically explaining like maybe doing a reel and being like, this is the, you know, these are the coolest places to elope in Hawaii and like showing waterfalls and like just all these different places and explaining that I can help you figure that out. You know, I'll, you know, 
you're going to answer my questionnaire and I can help guide you as far as which location we should choose, or maybe we choose multiples and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it sounds like the first step though, is to build out that landing page that all the other things are going to get directed to the, the reels are going to get directed to that. The, any sort of publications or blog features are going to get directed back to that. And, um, yeah, that makes sense. And so, uh, so to break down this landing page a little bit more, yeah. uh, again, I'm wanting to give really tactile, 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 you know what I mean? Practical information <laughs> here. So yeah. like, I love what you described. You, you already explained, like, it'd be like your domain forward slash like Maui or whatever. And, uh, and then the blog resources that are on there, these are just blog posts or additional pages. What all goes on to this landing page? Yeah. And and it can be a lot of different things and different mm-hmm. photographers do it differently. And I even do it differently just because I'm kind of like AB testing different things. Yeah. So this landing page could just be, it could either be like Hawaii elopement photographer or how to elope in Hawaii, just something that is going to pop up on Google when people are researching this and get them to your website. And the biggest thing is just to have, you know, quality content on there. And the landing page could be just very basic and basically, you know, Hey, this is who I am. You know, I'm a Hawaii elopement photographer. I'm based in the States, but I do travel to Hawaii and have, you know, knowledge of all the places to elope on Hawaii. Here are some resources for you, best places to stay, you know, how to elope here, like, you know, maybe which months of the year are best, whatever you can think of that people would need help deciding, you know, how to elope there themselves. Um, and those could, that landing page could then, um, redirect people to different blog posts, or you can even create a landing page that just has all the content that you could possibly want on there and just have it be like this big, long page of just everything that you can think of and just Mm. good quality content above all, like instead of like keyword stuffing Maui elopement all over the place, just really focusing on creating this like amazing resource for people. Um, and then, yeah. And then that's normally what I conclude on my landing pages. It's either redirects people to different blog posts mm-hmm. or it's like a big, long thing of content. And you can kind of play around with which one feels right to you. It's awesome. Oh, both- this is great. Yeah. So I don't want to get too technical, but, uh, while we're talking about SEO and we're talking about, uh, research and we're talking about uh, searcher intent, essentially like what would my leads be searching for? You mentioned earlier, are they searching for uh, Maui elopement or are they searching in how to elope on Maui? You know, like, uh, and so my question now is a little bit more technical, but it's really actually before I even go any further. It's not technical because as soon as I say that, everyone's like, oh no, he's going to talk about SEO and I don't, I need, I'm going to tune out now. Don't, don't tune out. This actually isn't that technical. <laughs> so when it comes to the keyword research where, where you're looking up and you're researching what people are actually searching, how, how are you doing that? Because it's not, it's actually not hard listeners. It's so easy and it's so empowering when you know. And so, uh, Megan share, how, how are you learning the searcher intent? So honestly, like there's, there are ways to get really precise and technical with it. And I just don't do any of that because that is intimidating to me and it would take too much of my time. And so I just go for it. And I just think like, you know, people are just going to be looking for how to elope in XYZ location. You know, that's, I mean, that's what they're looking for or how to plan an elopement in Maui, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I just really 
I just go for it. I just write these blog posts. It's basically how to's, you know, and I've written them about a lot of different locations. I've changed up the wording and Google is really smart, like really smart. And I will name things like how to plan an XYZ elopement or how to elope in XYZ. And it's still, no matter what you're searching for, it still pops up, you know? So I don't think that you have to be super specific with your keyword research and you really don't have to do any keyword research at all, you know, like in the traditional kind of technical sense. Cause honestly, it's like, just get into the mind of these couples. They've, they've decided they want to elope. They've chosen a location and now they want to figure out how to accomplish it. So if you can meet them at that place where it's like, Hey, so you want to elope in Maui? Like I got you, you know, that's, mm-hmm that's kind of the extent of the keyword research I do. I don't do a whole lot of crazy. Like I will look up, I'll just Google things and be like, Hey, are other people posting about this stuff? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and it'll be like, yes. And then sometimes at the end of Google, it says like similar searches and I'll get some ideas from that too. If I want to create more blog posts that are educational, mm-hmm. um, that's really the extent of it. I really don't let that kind of stuff bog me down. Yeah. And that has, um, that's been good for me. Just like, putting things out there and not worrying about it. Like that has always been what I've said has made my business successful as I don't get bogged down in all those details. I just try to kind of do it organically and be like, of course people are researching how to elope in X, Y, Z, you know, let's, let's not make it any more complicated than that. Yeah. And to be fair, you also, you've got a pretty good, a grasp on a couple who's eloping. Like you've, you've really know your target audience really well. So for you to step into their shoes and be like, what are they searching? You know, what are the words that they're using and the, and the problems that they have, it may come a little bit easier for you by this stage. Um, If you're someone who's listening to this and being like, well, I still dislike, I'm not quite sure what they would search. Um, there is a tool that is super easy. It's like so dumb easy. You don't even need to leave Google. It's just like, it's just a little plugin that just goes into Google. So you don't need to go to any other website. You don't need to go to like, you know, there's all these search, uh, SEM rush and all the Uber suggests all these other, um, websites that you can go to and you can get bogged down in all the research. Um, but there's one that just allows you to stay right inside of your Google search console or not. Oh my goodness. See, I just went to another site, <laughs> not Google search console. This is your main Google search. And it's called, um, keywords everywhere. It's just a little plugin that goes into your top, uh, little dash. And all it does is when you search for something like how, um, how to elope in Maui, right underneath uh, your actual Google search on the Google page, it just adds another little line of text that tells you how many people are searching this a month. And then it'll tell you, here's another phrase that people are searching for more. And it'll say, actually, what they're searching for is uh, Maui elopements, uh, and maybe a mountain or something like that. <laughs> and they'll tell you how many searches that's getting a month. And it just can, it can help when you're early on and you're still trying to get in your client's shoes, uh, to do that. But I got to also say, Megan, I find your answer really, um, it really refreshing. I know that the SEO experts who are listening to this right now are pulling their hair out, but I also relate in a lot of ways where like, I, I don't, I try not to get too bogged down with all of the numbers. 
Um, and I try to just get out there and, and make and produce content. And, uh, and so I see both sides to the, to the, I see both sides of the equation. And so, um, but it's a nice little tool keywords everywhere. And I think by the way, just if anyone's listening, I, uh, I think it's like maybe 10 bucks one time and you get like a billion searches and you'll never need to pay them a dollar more. But I think it's, I think it's literally 10 bucks. Have you heard about that um, tool before? I have not, but that also brings up an interesting point where like you kind of want to target keywords that are searched a lot. And then sometimes keywords that aren't searched a lot, for you know, sure, the sure. ones that are searched a lot, like it's probably going to be harder to like, I hate to use the word compete, but like, it's going to be harder to get to the first page of Google on like a super popular search term. Right. So, and, and there, you know, a ton of people are searching it. So um, which is good, but then also that might be a little bit harder to like rise in the ranks. So yeah. something that is not searched as much, and this kind of goes for hashtags too on social mm-hmm. media, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram, that like when things aren't searched as much, people don't go after them as hard. So the competition isn't as hard to rank high. And yeah, maybe you're only going to get a few, and you know, people visiting your website from that, but it could be part of your strategy. And I have, I've seen, you know, there's some towns in New Mexico that, have very little search traffic, but I rank number one for them. So I get tons of inquiries and they're like right down the road for me. So it's great. Um, but yeah. And, and I know like, I, I feel like a lot of people want to get all this like amazing SEO stuff from me. And I'm like, honestly, like I rank on the first page for a lot of my target keywords. And it's literally just because I have, I just take action and I just do stuff and mm-hmm. I don't let all the you know, like there's a lot I don't know and I don't let that stop me, you know, and I, I just, keep, yeah, I just keep doing it. And I, and I just, you know, I monitor where I rank on Google for all of these target keywords. And I just keep trying to improve it over time. And if I had extra time to like really be this SEO, you know, genius, I would do it. But instead I've focused my efforts in other places, but just the act of doing and blogging and doing these landing pages and getting backlinks and not letting fear take over and perfectionism take over and overthinking take over. Um, that's what has gotten me to page one of Google. Love that. You know, you brought up a really good point too about, I mean, it really is a conversation around, uh, in a way like your target client and, and niching down because, you know, if you had a blog post that was getting a thousand searches a month, but it's all just kind of like generic traffic. And then you had one that only got even just like 20 searches a month, but those 20 people are like ready to find a wedding photographer for that very specific place. Like they're looking for, and, and you get those maybe even only 10 inquiries. I mean, 10 inquiries a month from something like that would be incredible. Uh, and so really valid point that you brought up. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, do you have, uh, do you have any approach or strategy to writing your content? Um, as in like your blog posts, I feel like that's just a part where like, man, that's where photographers go to die is like writing words on a blog. We're like, no, (laughs) please. Gosh, no. Do you have any, do you have any strategies for that? That allows you also kind of like what we're talking about with, with your keyword research to just like get it out and on a document and sent. Yeah. Oh, I actually have a few things I could talk about when it comes to this. So one is just like brain dumping. You know, just like opening up a Google Doc or whatever and just like 
writing a million things down that like don't make sense, just getting your thoughts on paper, you can organize it later. That's that's always helped me is just doing a brain dump. But then also, I mean, my blog posts, I make sure that they're optimized for SEO. Like I use lots of different headings and 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 separate things via, you know, topics and and have and cut, you know, so there's not so much text. I put images in there. Sure. And then also I just have to say, I've I've been telling this to people lately that no one reads my blog posts. Like they <laughs> they find them and they skim them. Yeah. And they'll like see the topics. But then like once they book me, they're still asking me all these questions. And it's like, I know you've seen my blog posts. It's all in these blog posts. And like people don't read my blogs actually. They see the titles and they see the photos and they see I'm an expert. And they see I have the information that they need, but that's about as far as they go. And like for me, knowing that makes it easier for me to just continue pushing out content and blogging yeah. because it's like, they're not scrutinizing what I'm writing, you yeah. know, <laughs> they're like, yeah, a, things. <laughs> I love that. I love that you said that there is a, it's, there's this um, rule of like the F pattern that we as readers tend to have. And the F pattern is really like the letter F where We'll read the very top line, like the header of mm-hmm. a website, you know, and then we'll go down a little and we'll read like two inches in. It's like that lower little line of the F. And then yeah. we just scroll. Yeah. <laughs> we just like whip our, you know, our, our fingers or we swipe and we just create that big line of the F down. And we're, and then we make a judgment. We make an assessment like, oh, Megan, she's, she, yeah, this girl knows what she's up to. Cool. Contacting. Yeah. Um, it's like we make a judgment call very quickly, uh, just based off of a few things. So mm-hmm. man, yeah. um, Megan, this is, this is fantastic. I love this. Um, uh, so I have a resource that I'm putting together, um, that you're a part of, and, um, I'm really excited about that. It is going to be a, a resource on growth strategies from the world's smartest photographers. And, and we're going to get into a different, uh, approach that you have for getting your elopements and your destination elopements. And so, uh, thank you for being a part of that. That's how even this podcast, uh, got initiated, um, was me asking my listeners like, Hey, who should I be contacting? Who are the world's smartest photographers? And, and you got brought up. And so this is just such an, like an amazing episode, such a great gem. Uh, and I love just the honesty that you have too. We are just like, man, just go make stuff. <laughs> um, and so I can't wait, I, I'll get a link to that resource in the bottom of this. So people can see what else you have to say in, in that, but where can people learn more about you, Megan, directly from you? Um, yeah, so, so you can basically find all my elopement photography, um, at hazelandlace.com or on Instagram at hazelandlacephoto. You're saying and hazel and lace? Hazel and lace. Yeah. Perfect. I need to pronounce that. No, it's all good. I just want to make sure, especially with the audio, it can be tricky. Hazel and lace. Yeah. Yeah. Hazelandlace.com. Um, after my hazel eyes and my love of lace wedding dresses. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then on Instagram, it is at hazel and lace photo. Um, and then I also do like resources for, you know, uh, elopement photographers that are trying to like jumpstart their businesses and get booked in their dream destination. So I do uh, business coaching at Megan McPhail. My last name is M-A-C-P-H-A-I-L. So that's on Instagram or MeganMcPhail.com. 
It's awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Megan. I really appreciate yeah, your time. Fun. I can talk about this kind of stuff all day. So it was great. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that you got inspired. Maybe you've got some ideas, some other locations that uh, maybe some light bulbs are going off that you could begin to target and to pursue photographing, whether or not they're elopements or full weddings. But um, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you, listeners. Thank you again for tuning in to today's episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Please, my friends, keep showing up. Bye now. Hey, thanks, live. Uh, thanks, Master My members. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up and and just uh, finish up my conversation with Megan. Appreciate you guys being here. I will be live for you uh, again on Tuesday, 3 p.m. EST. I'll see you live here in the group then. Bye, everybody.